0: I came out and I was eavesdropping and I I found that they were honestly, literally writing a list of things that I would never ever be able to accomplish in my life.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Made of Dreams podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. If you're pursuing something in your life, following your dreams full-time, or when there's time, you're in the right place. On this show, we have conversations that inspire you to keep going, help you embrace where you are, and see a bit of others' creative process and hear their life stories while you're creating your best life and your best work. So hi, I'm Ashley, songwriter, mom, hairstylist, wife, all the things. But more importantly, your new friend on a mission to create a space for all the people who have always just wanted more. More joy, more balance, more creativity. So stick around and let's dream on. I feel like I'm living on the edge a bit today because I'm recording this intro the day before the episode drops and that is unlike my usual process that I've had going So far in this podcasting adventure, I until this week had two to three episodes in the bank ready to drop at all times. And time has gotten away from me a little bit. I've had a lot of travel, a lot of gigs and a lot of fun, but I wanted to do a bit of an intro for this episode. This was actually one of the first episodes I ever recorded. I kind of saved this one Today's guest is Jennifer Chambers, and she's launching a podcast of her own called The Courage Checklist, and you will hear all about why in today's episode. She's an author who believes that you should follow your creative goals wherever they take you. She writes about strong people in fiction and women's history and talks about the darker side of humanity in her writing on true crime. Her work often intersects with making disability visible as a person with rare disease as well as a traumatic brain injury. So it's a really inspiring episode and I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hi Jennifer.
0: Hi thanks so much for having me.
1: Yes I'm so happy to have you here. I was looking over your bio and I read that one of your biggest interests is how we thrive when difficult things enter our lives and I definitely want to talk about that with you today but before we
0: go there tell me a little bit about
1: yourself where you were born and what you're doing now
0: well um, I live in Oregon now but I was born in California and it's funny when you live in Oregon you kind of are like I'm from California
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes I think if I was from California I would definitely say that too
0: (laughs) nothing nothing against Californians it's just really funny everybody gets irritated they're like oh they're they're all moving in (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but but I live in the Pacific Northwest and I just love it here it's beautiful it's rainy it it suits me and I Um, I love it
1: (laughs) yes you're a writer so you think the rain do you think the rain relaxes and helps you get into that creative state
0: oh absolutely and it's gorgeous here if you like outdoor stuff this is one Mm of the best places in the country to be there's you know every kind of activity you can imagine we like to hike a lot mm-hmm. so fun. um did you grow up in California then um until I was about five or so so I mean okay. it doesn't really count <laughs> right but you were born there so I was. <laughs> you gotta I was, put but, that in but I was raised in Oregon and I consider myself Oregonian <laughs> it's a it's a funny state but but we like it
1: so tell me a bit
0: about um about growing up well, I, I think I always wrote, um, from what I've been told anyway, I don't have any memories from before I was 15. When I was 15, I was in a car accident and uh, I had a traumatic brain injury and it erased every ability you can possibly imagine. So I, um, I woke up and I didn't know who I was or where I was. And I had to relearn the meaning of numbers and how to speak,
1: Wow! everything,
0: everything you could possibly, but, um. It, it took a while, and I was very, very lucky, and I had a lot of wonderful help, mm-hmm. but um, that definitely informs pretty much everything I do, even now, and <laughs> like, I would, I, yeah. like I say, I was 15, and I'm 46 now, so. <laughs>
1: wow, yeah, so when you said it, you didn't remember anything, like you didn't know your own name or your nope. family, wow, and how long did the memories come back, or was that something that you just had to start from scratch and create no
0: no nothing I didn't okay. my poor parents I, I feel so much for them they, yeah uh, apparently when I was in the hospital <laughs> your brain your wires get crossed when you know yeah. with your brain it's an amazing thing your brain but I would call my dad by the name of my dog apparently <laughs> oh wow <laughs> like I remembered that name but I didn't remember his name and I didn't remember yeah. um I didn't remember anyone. And and I in fact I thought that they were holding me prisoner in the hospital because I had no idea why were right. they were there. And why you was, were there. Yeah. It was bizarre. Did you but, have
1: other injuries besides I mean the obviously the traumatic brain injury is but did you have like a broken leg or arm or anything where they had to keep you for that reason? Were you able to move around or
0: oh no, I I uh my hip was broken and my shoulder was separated. Um and I I did have to relearn how to walk because I had forgotten um wow. all the, when you have the kind of brain injury i've had it, it's like your brain gets shaken up so it's called a diffuse brain injury so different pieces of your brain get sheared away so wow. those abilities have to be rerouted if you want to relearn them so mm-hmm. it it took quite a quite a while i can't say it didn't
1: <laughs> right
0: it was it was i mean i of course, nobody wants anything like that to happen, but I'm, I'm grateful that I was the worst injured. Nobody else, nobody died in our car accident. So, mm-hmm. and, and I'm grateful that I was able to recover so well in the Definitely. end. It, it, it took forever. It felt like, but
1: yeah. But. So how long, how long was it before you got to go to your home with your parents?
0: Um, well, I was, um, I was in a coma for about two weeks and then I had to live in the hospital for about another seven weeks after that. And then I went back to the hospital daily for the next year, Mm -hmm. uh, twice a day for, for treatment and and for um, therapy and stuff. Yeah. yeah. All that kind of stuff. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was an experience and and it's been interesting for me to not have that be my entire life.
1: Right. To then move on from that and chart a new story from that, starting point again
0: yeah and to not see yourself as is a victim it's very important for me to to not see myself that way because mm-hmm. everyone has different challenges mine are just super dramatic and it's not through any fault of my own <laughs> right right <laughs> you
1: know but yeah. I love that I love that perspective and that reframe as to not stay stay in that and to move forward from it. And so I think everything that you do now is really has been informed by that mentality with the podcast that you're launching called The Courage Checklist. So let's talk about a little bit about how you came to to think of that.
0: Well, one of the things that um, was a pretty big memory, um, as I went on through my recovery, I was able to hold some memories, um, nothing from before. But um, as you start relearning things, you get to, you know, some things stick. And um, one of the things that I've really never forgotten, I was mostly recovered and um, my doctors had come to our house and the lawyers came to our house and I was in my bedroom and I wasn't supposed to come out, but I was 15. So <laughs> right. I, I totally yeah. wanted to hear. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> they, were having, they were having a meeting about me. And You're I right. didn't really know anything about it, but I came out and I was eavesdropping and I I found that they were honestly, literally writing a list of things that I would never ever be able to accomplish in my life. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thing, things like, um, like live unassisted or drive a car or go to college or finish high school or get married or, you know, pretty basic right. things that everyone else takes very you know, normally, the they're, they're right. normal markers often. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it was absolutely devastating, of course. Right. But okay. I I held on to it and I went once I could write again, I wrote those things down and I made it my mission to really do as many of those things as I can. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. I do add to the list and I'm not, I'm not done yet. <laughs> Yes, I love it. <laughs> I'm definitely awesome. not done. You yeah. know, certain things, uh, they're really, you know, they, they're very personal. And, and my list is is a, a, a very long list. <laughs> but I really do think that everyone has their own version of that list. I feel like everybody's got those things in the back of their head that either they've never done or that they always wanted to do and people told them they couldn't or that they just never have the ability to. And, and I want to encourage people to to do all those things. So that's really what my show is about. Letting letting other people have the opportunity to share their wins, their, their failures, the things they're trying on, and mm-hmm. encouraging each other to keep going. Because I think, I mean, if I have any secret, it's that no matter what, you just have to persist.
1: Yes, that's incredible. Well, and especially in your case because you're listening to them craft a list of things that they think that you won't be able to do because of a physical barrier and so you overcame a lot of that and what was there anything in particular that you feel allowed you to think differently than they did about what you're capable of
0: well it's an interesting question um i really had a moment and this was before, when when I was in a coma, you have weird, being in a coma is is a semi-awake state for some people, and it was for me, like it was in and out. And um, towards the end, I'm pretty sure, because I, I wouldn't have remembered it otherwise, I really had this moment where I felt like I had to choose. I felt like you can choose to stay in this place and, and have this half-life, or you can <laughs> choose to keep going and and I knew that it would be painful I could really sense it um I don't know if it, it feels really woo-woo to say it out loud <laughs> I love woo-woo <laughs> I, <laughs> but I
2: really
0: I really felt like I had I had a choice to me I, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that like I say that is a dramatic choice but I think that everybody has those small choices every every day you know you can mm-hmm. you can choose to You know, make that appointment, or you can you know you can choose to read the book that's going to further you, or you can choose to stay in the same place. And those are all valid choices. But for me, I just I feel like I have such a gift coming back and Mm -hmm. having this second life that that I have to I have to make the best of it and keep Mm -hmm. going.
1: Definitely, yeah. And I think too, um, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe have you heard of the growth mindset? Yeah. You know, it sounds like. Um, And that's kind of where I want to be and want to live as well, where you you think that you can grow from where you are and rather than the opposite of the fixed mindset where this is how it is and there's nothing I can do about it. And so it sounds like you've really, really taken that to heart and especially having, you know, yeah, having to relearn everything. How did you finish? Did you finish high school like in the traditional way or did you?
0: I did. I had, well, I mean, with caveats, right? Like I I had therapists that came to our house and um, the occupational therapists were um, useful for that. Things like um, relearning, like I said, learning numbers and, you know, math still is not my strong suit, (laughs) but I had -hmm. had tutors and um, I was able to go back to school within about six months on a modified schedule. And I got a regular high school diploma and Mm -hmm. um, I've, gone to college. I have not finished college, but um <laughs> that's more by choice. <laughs>
1: right, well you've done a lot of other amazing things that I would like um to talk to you about. You are an author. You said you've published over 25 books or I, I or... think
0: this book that's
1: coming out is
0: my 25th, I think. Okay, that's amazing. I, I can't remember. <laughs> yes. And so
1: you are in a lot of different spaces, um non-women's non-fiction, true mm-hmm. crime, and mm-hmm. now What's the newest book?
0: Oh, uh, well, it's going to be True Crime. That is my oh, my yeah. newest book that's coming out in, in April. Um, it was originally going to be January, but it, that's how the publishing business goes. It's really interesting. You turn in your book like a year before it comes out. Mm-hmm. So in my case, it happened to be about a year and a half. Right now, it's kind of a weird space with the publishing industry. Stuff yeah. is coming back online that hasn't been for a while. So I think yeah. from what my publisher says, they're they're getting it back up. So mm-hmm. that's um well, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun. It's it's really I love writing nonfiction because I love the research part. Um mm-hmm. it it kind of suits my little nerdy soul where I can go and just read all the books <laughs> and yeah. do all the research. And
1: how do you choose what stories
0: that you want to tell? Well, for me, um my my major was women's studies. So um that, and it was always really important to me as a person who has a disability. I have other disabilities as well. I have a, um, a really weird autoimmune disease. And so I, I feel like even still women are, are not given the credit that they deserve a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. so for me, that was one of the, the things that really made me want to research women's rights and women's, um, issues within my state. It, it was a good opportunity for me to To learn more about that. Mm -hmm. So when I, uh, when I did my first nonfiction book, I thought I came across uh, a fact in in one of my research books. And, and I I thought it was weird that I grew up in my state and didn't know about all these incredible things that people had been doing, women had been doing in my state. And so I thought, well, I need to write that book. So I did. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So I, I guess like, there's no really good answer. One of the fun things about being a writer is that you can kind of write whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love yeah. that. It's pretty cool. So my second uh, nonfiction women's hi- women's history book was born from that. I found um, Susan B. Anthony actually toured out here in Oregon with another female suffragist whose name was Abigail Scott Dunaway. Um, and they toured our state for like three months. And the the thing that got me to write the book about their journey was the fact that Susan B. Anthony wrote in a letter that being in Oregon, it was the first and last time she would ever spend in a tent because she hated it so much. (laughs) 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 So I had to find the story and write it down. (laughs) Right. You're
1: like, okay, I need to know more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was so bad about it? Um, it was wet and uh, yeah. well of course actually I feel badly for Susan seems kind of cranky in all the research I've done about her but to be fair this particular story of oh, a poor woman she had to be in a tent at the Oregon State Fairgrounds um, with Abigail's entire family
1: oh and wow
0: it was like, wet and you know yeah. I don't and you're great.
1: in a tent with someone yeah okay yeah.
0: that's <laughs> I it can relate. Tent, like our tent it was like you know burlap Yes. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I get it. I can, re- I can sympathize. I can sympathize for sure.
1: Okay, real quick, I want to tell you about my absolute favorite Can't Live Without It skincare product. I have been on a clean beauty mission and I love Skin X Erin. My favorite product is the pre cleanse oil. I use that along with her super soft cleansing cloths to take off my makeup every night. It's 100% pure grapeseed oil. All power, no poison, and I swear, it makes my eyelashes longer too. So I'm all in. All the products are so simple. There's three oils. My favorite, the pre-cleanse oil, a hydrating beauty oil, and a perfecting night oil to round it out. So head over to shopxarin.com. that's Aaron E-R-I-N, and use the code AshleyRiley10 for 10% off. Seriously, try it. Because great skin is so rock and roll.
0: No, just with true crime, I've always been um, super interested in you know dark and macabre and true crime. I think part of that maybe is because of my experience with you know brushes with my own mortality. I think it's it's really interesting. So I had Uh to write a true crime book too, and now I I think I'm going to write another couple actually. Wow, (laughs) that's very
1: cool. Yeah, I I mean I have to say I love a good mystery mm-hmm. um sometimes I'll watch like 2020 mm-hmm. you know or dateline whatever's on the Friday night but I right. I don't know I've heard also that there's like kits you can buy on Amazon where you can actually try to solve a true
0: crime have you have you heard of those yeah I've actually that's on my list my Christmas list so okay that's <laughs> cool.
1: yeah I don't know how that works but somebody at my little sister was just telling me about that I'm like that is really crazy um I think we were saying that my mom should do it because she's like on the case with a lot of things
0: um anyway (laughs) that's cool well I love I love to read um it's funny you say mystery books because that that's another reason why I became a writer um Mm -hmm. words were my way back I because so many things were interpersonal type stuff it was really difficult for me to relearn so when I relearned how to read It was like I could understand how people coexist and how they speak. It didn't work out so well when all I read was like Jane Eyre. But
1: (laughs) wow, that just gave me chills. That the power of the power of books and oh wow, that's incredible. And I would have never thought about that. How you would have to relearn the emotional relations. Yeah, that's incredible.
0: Well, books were really helpful for that. It's funny. It's because they could stay still, right? So mm-hmm. I could absorb it. Yes. <laughs> so, that's um, great. and I did read a lot of mysteries, which um, maybe that's why I'm kind of a suspicious minded person. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another
1: thing that you do. Um, I'd like to bring up, is it called rewrite your life story?
0: Yeah, um, I've done this a couple. Well, I've done this many times live. Um, one of the things that I do in my... Um, writing life. I own a small publishing company and uh, we work with a lot of, they started out to be local authors, but um, we now publish people from all over the world. And um, the the main interest of all these people is is telling their own story in their own way. So I really wanted to be able to start helping all of those people. And then I'm starting to do it online as well. Um, it, it's really a different way of looking at memoir and, and really taking power, your own power back and, and writing mm-hmm. about it in and acknowledging the dark parts, but also acknowledging the light parts. I think that um it's really easy for you to write all the bad things that happened to you because those are true. Mm-hmm. But when you're writing memoir, you want to, you want to really tell the whole story and, and it validates your own experience by talking about the dark and the light side. So uh, I'm going to do workshops um, online. I'm going to start doing those as sort of a, um, you know, a free taste of what the kind of stuff that I can give to people.
1: Yeah, that's great. And I feel like it really goes hand in hand, especially with your courage checklist and the list that you made for yourself that you still add to, which is Mm -hmm. great. And so I think that that who better to learn from than you who has (laughs) overcome so much. That's great. So, tell me a bit more about where people can find you online and how they can connect with you.
0: Well, my website is jenniferbuyerschambers dot um, and my uh, Instagram is at jenniferbuyerschambers or at the courage checklist. And most of my stuff's on Instagram. Um, I do I do things on my website, but um, I don't really do too much on Facebook or anything it's mostly Instagram based now. It, it just se- seems to work. I love Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm TikTok's a little fast for me, but I'm getting there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm still not there yet either.
0: So. <laughs> but yeah, mostly Instagram. And uh, I, I have a free checklist for anybody who wants to sign up for my, um at my Instagram. It's all, it's all there in my bio. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me.
1: This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Made of Dreams. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a 5-star rating and review. It really does help. If you'd like to learn more about me or the guests on the show, head on over to madeofdreamspodcast.com and while you're there, sign up for the Dreamers Digest and you will receive my Creative State worksheet. It's a list of my favorite tips and tricks to get you in a creative mindset. And until next week, here's a song of mine. It's called Made of Dreams.
2: Well, all the change changed, you could round up to you. I sure could use it. all the strange people filling up my days they've got so much to say and more to sell but I'm not made of money I'm not made of money I'm made not funny at least not to me side open so deep head over my feet I just need my sleep dream Your forgiveness for my selfishness, but I can't quit this mess and your bad. There's no way to me And you just just think think I'm I'm running running, But I'm not running running. I'm just chasing